kids I said man they got strength they can come right up here and I hope I said I hope I have that much courage <laughs> and I thank the Lord I bless I thank the Lord for the kids in our church and, and, uh, this is called uh, God show the world I guess talks about uh, courage sometimes we get discouraged in our Christian lives and sometimes we get down and, but God does care Times it's hard in life No one seems to care When the moments in our faith Seem empty and bare He said it all work out for the good To those who know His grace From a weary heart you can find a peaceful place 
Cause he's a God who cares His eyes behold the good and evil Everywhere he is a God that can be In our lives to meet our needs And he came down from above He showed the world Calvary his love Sometimes I can't understand How things happen from day to day Oh, but the path that we should take Is trusting in the Lord's way Because He's a compassionate and loving friend Oh, to tell those who know His grace From a broken heart you can find the peaceful place Because He's a God who cares His eyes behold the good and evil Everywhere He is a God that can be In our lives to meet our needs When He came down from above On Calvary He showed the world His love. Yes, on Calvary, He showed the world He cares. This morning, if you will, go ahead and open your Bibles to Mark 14. As I was studying for this week, I, I was reminded of the hymn on page 198, Follow, Follow. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow Him. And in our Christian walks, this should be our anthem. This should be the, the very reason that we live is I'm following Jesus. And as we look at Mark 14, we see an example of, of some, some men, and especially one individual, who, who thought he would follow Jesus anywhere and everywhere. But circumstances changed his mind, and let's look at that this morning. Uh, Mark 14, verse 27, And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter saith unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out and study your word this morning. Dear Lord, help help me to say the words that you'd have me to say. Dear Lord, help uh, the people here and, and me also take this lesson to heart that we can apply it to our lives and, and live it out every day. Forgive us our sins in your name I pray. Amen. Jesus made a prophecy to start off. He said, you will be offended this night. Tonight, you're going to be offended. Jesus also tells them that there's going to be a point tonight where you're going to scatter and you're going to run away. 
You see, Jesus' goal in his life was to do the Father's will. Everything he did was to either to fulfill Scripture or to follow the leading of God. And, and fulfilling Scripture was following the will of God. And, and there was a prophecy back in Zechariah 13 that, that Jesus was fulfilling this night. In uh, Zechariah 13 and verse 7, it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. Saith the Lord of hosts, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. See, Jesus was fulfilling this Scripture that night. And He was telling it to His disciples, This is what I've got to do, and this is what you're going to do. And the prophecy that he made was just a, a, a redundancy or Zechariah was foreshadowing what Christ would have to do. He was telling his disciples what had been previously taught and much the same we are told that when we speak of this event, when we speak of the cross, it will be offensive. If you look over in Galatians 5, Paul says it probably the best when he says in verse 11, And I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross cease. The cross would be offensive. Paul said, I could preach something else. I could preach that... uh, the only way to heaven, the only way to be a, a true Jew and a true Christian would be if you had circumcision. He said, but then I would take away the offense of the cross. And here's the point that Paul was getting at. When you take away the offense of the cross, you might as well throw the gospel out the door. Because the cross is a vital part of the gospel. It's what Jesus came and He put His life on for a sacrifice for our sins. We are told that we will be offended ourselves, but rather persecuted as Christians. Second Timothy tells us this when he says in Second Timothy 3.12, Ye... Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. Paul is telling Timothy, he said, if you live it godly, if you do it the way Christ wants you to, you're going to suffer persecution. And remember back in Matthew 5 when Jesus is speaking, he says, blessed are those that are persecuted for my name's sake. And so we find this idea that the disciples would be offended. And we find this idea that we will be offended. And we will offend others by the very things that we say when we follow Christ. But there was one disciple in denial. If you look at verse 29, Peter says, Even though all may go away, not me, I'll be with you to the end. I'm going as far as I can go with you, Lord, because I, I followed you this far, and, and in my heart, you are the only thing worth going after. And he had it right. 
He was the only thing worth going after. But then when, when we, we see that, and we put a, just let's back up a second. We put a lot of emphasis on Peter. Poor Peter. He gets it all the time. Uh, the negativity, the criticism. If he could have just lived, he was doing the best he could. And we're foolish to think that we can follow the path straight and narrow without ever messing up. And I'm, I'm thankful that God put the story of Peter and his life in the Bible because it lets me know that even though I mess up and even though I stray from the straight and narrow every now and then, he, I've got purpose in God's plan. Just like Peter. And we, we, are, we are foolish people to think that we can do the will of God without ever messing up. But see... We're all human, just like Peter, and we will mess up. Let's look at the fulfillment of what Jesus prophesied. If you will, turn with me in Mark 14, over mine's just a page, but in verse 50. I'm sorry, 43. It says, And immediately, while he yet spake, uh, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him. And took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant on the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye took me not. But the Scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him and fled. You see, verse 50, they fled. They ran away, scared. Before they fled, I want you to focus on these words, the last words before the Scripture said they fled. Jesus said, the Scriptures must be fulfilled. Jesus knew that He wasn't going to die there in a sword fight. He knew that the Father had already planned it out that He was going to die on a cross for our sins. Also, he knew the disciples must flee. He knew that the disciples would leave him alone, turn against him, so to speak, and run away and leave him there by himself. But Jesus had to give his life up freely for a ransom. The disciples fled in fear. And I think this is a very interesting point in this story. You see, Peter, we, we find out he's the one that uh, took the sword and he cut, his, cut the ear off in another gospel. But Peter, much like us, says, I'll follow you anywhere and everywhere as long as it's on my own terms. 
Peter was willing to follow Jesus and fight for Jesus as long as he could fight. But when Jesus said, no, we're going to do this peaceably, Peter ran. And a lot of us here in this congregation, we say, Lord, I'll follow you if I can still do this. Or I'll follow you to the very end, Lord, if I can, if I can still piddle around and do a little bit of this. Or have a little bit of this. And that's our big one, is have something. We want to follow Jesus and, and still own it all. Because it's our terms and our conditions. But see, most of us follow like Peter did. When God's plans are not our plans, how do we react? Do we just give up? Or do we say, okay, Lord, I realize that I've got to get rid of this in my life. I've got to give up this in my life and follow you. We do one of two things. We either give up or get on board. And I hope that we get on board. Jumping forward into the New Testament. After Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. We see a change in these men. And this, this is the most spectacular thing about it. In Acts we see disciples such as James, Stephen... And history tells us that other disciples were martyred for the faith they believed in. Countless times through the New Testament, we see Peter and Paul in prison for their faith. And as I was studying this this lesson this week, I thought, we could could end there. We could end with, with them all fleeing and, you know, that's not how we need to be. But let's look at the changed men. What what was different about the rest of the New Testament when these men gave up their lives and put away uh, the thoughts of imprisonment or anything for the sake of the gospel? What happened? What was their change? First of all, their change was this. The shepherd was back. You see, after the cross, he rose from the grave. And after the cross, in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling men. And now the same shepherd that was taken away from them lived inside of them and could never be taken away again. In John, we see Jesus forecasting this, and the disciples must have not picked up on it, but they clearly saw it in Acts. But in John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, But if I depart, I will send Him unto you. And then you turn over in Romans, another verse that talks about the Holy Spirit, and look at verses 9 through 11, uh, chapter 8, Romans 8, 9 through 11. It says, 
But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But in the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. You see, the disciples were united upon the gospel effort in the New Testament because the shepherd was back and he lived in them. Never again would someone be able to take him from them because he dwelt on the inside. Not only was the shepherd back, but the, the disciples realized that the cross at Calvary was not their cross. And what I mean by that is Jesus was the only human being that could die on the cross and make any eternal difference. He was the sinless lamb, the, the lamb come for a sacrifice for the whole world. And if you or I would have died on that cross, we'd still be lost today. Their purpose in life, the disciples' purpose in life, was not to go to the cross at Calvary and die with Jesus. Their cross that Jesus talks about in Mark 8, If any man will follow me, he will pick up his cross. The cross that Jesus was referring to was the cross of service. When we pick up our cross and we follow after Christ, He wants our service. Jesus was the only one qualified. He was sinless. He was able to raise Himself from the dead to fulfill Scripture. And He was able to offer us everlasting life. But the cross the disciples were to carry was much like the cross at Calvary. See, a cross was a mark of persecution. Dying on the cross was the most shameful of deaths. In serving the Lord, as we've already stated, we will be persecuted. Here in America, you you, you know, you look around and we're not persecuted too much for our beliefs. But let me tell you, the world is changing. America is changing. And I see and I forecast that one day we will have more persecution than we do now. I think the Bible declares that. In America, it's not bad, but it may be one day. Also, the cross was a mark of death. As Romans 8 tells us, we are dead to the flesh, but we have life in the Spirit. Take up our cross and fully give it to the will of God. There's another verse I wanted to bring out and tell you about this morning. And it's what Paul declared. Paul declared in Galatians 2, 
and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You see, when He says, I am crucified with Christ, it doesn't mean that He went to Calvary with Christ. What it means is I am crucified, I am dead to me, and with Christ is the only reason I live. That should be us. If we're truly going to make the statement like Peter did and said, anywhere, everywhere, I will follow you, Jesus. We have to say, it's not about this. It's not about me. It's not about what I want, what I, what I need in my life. It's about what Christ needs for me. It's about what Christ has laid out before me and wants me to fulfill in my life. That's what our focus should be. If you will, open your hymn books to page 198. And Lord made me promise that I wouldn't sing. So we're going to look at it. As we look at these Verses on this page, and of course this is where I got the title for the message. There's a couple of things I see. As you go through the first verse, most Christians would have no problem following Christ. I mean, this is a place of beauty described. This is a place... uh, much like the disciples followed. I mean, imagine walking along the roads of Jerusalem and all surrounding places and seeing Jesus heal the lame and the sick and and people coming unto Him and He was teaching with authority. Those were the beautiful places. And they followed Christ right along. But then read that second verse, which is up here on the screen. Down in the valley, with my Savior I will go. Where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. With His hand to lead me, I will never, never fear. Danger cannot frighten me if my Lord is near. See, this is the point we get to. Most of us are fine with serving Christ as long as things are hunky-dory. But when they start going south, when we have storms, when we have uh, dark waters, so to speak, when times are tough, that's when we seem to lose sight of following God. That's what the disciples did here too. They didn't want their Jesus, the one who provided this beautiful path that verse 1 talks about, like I've said, where you go down life and, and people are being healed and the sick are being healed and, and all things are going beautiful. It's easy to follow Christ. 
But this, this time is when our faith really shows. When we're in that moment when we've lost a loved one, does our faith show and say, glory to God, help me through this? Whenever we're going through life and struggles fall upon us, and, and, and listen, we go through a time and an era right now where our economy is shot. And, and people, I, I've talked to people this week who are struggling to make it by. That's the storm. And do you give up on Christ or you keep following? And some of us here, we can't take Jesus into our workplace, around our closest friends, or into our schools. If you're going to make that declaration to follow Jesus anywhere and everywhere, you've got to take Him anywhere and everywhere. My goal in this message this morning is to say this. Are you able to take Jesus anywhere and everywhere? Are you ready to follow Him anywhere and everywhere He leads? Because He leads on the mountain where things are beautiful and He leads in the valley where things are dark. But if you keep Him near, you have no need to fear. He's there. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, I think about those disciples and they fled from Christ because He was being taken from them. But then He came back and He dwelt inside them where no one could take Him again. Do you have that this morning? Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and what He did on the cross was to pay for your sins? Because if you haven't, there's no way to follow Him. But if you have, then you can take Him anywhere and everywhere.